Coaches. Blow the whistle, ay. blow the whistle, ay. blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, ay. blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, yeah. blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, What's going on today, guys? Coach Steve here with you. This is a extra special portion of our today's show today. Uh, unfortunately, after we had recorded, we heard the breaking breaking news of Leonard Fournette uh, signing with the Buccaneers on a one-year year deal. So I just wanted to make sure I came in here prior to our show uh, just to quickly talk about what this means with Leonard Fournette kind of signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One year, $1.3 million, I believe, overall. Um, what was the reasoning behind this? More than likely, guys, it's because Tom Brady's window of championships are closing, obviously. And I think the Bucks just knew that if they could get their hands on a young, not a young, well, he's young, yes, but a talented, cheap option for him, why not go pull the trigger? And I think that's why you go out and get a guy like Leonard Fournette, who's on the cheap, who's talented as can be. Um, and why not? I mean, yes, they had Ronald Jones. Uh, yes, they had LaShawn McCoy. Um, but this clearly shows that they wanted to make sure they had a top-tier talent without issues, someone who knows the game very well. And, and that's kind of why, you know, they bring a guy like this in. Tom Brady likes a veteran presence behind him, someone who knows what they're doing and who is still continually to be as talented. Yes, they brought LaShawn McCoy in. Yeah, but LaShawn McCoy, guys, he has not performed well over the last two seasons now. And I think they kind of noticed that. I'm sure they noticed a little bit in camp that, you know, he's not the same player he was like three, four years ago. You know, he's got a step slower. He's over the age of 30. So there's an issue there. And, you know, he could be a candidate who gets released this coming off season, possibly. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, as far as Ronald Jones, uh, you know, he was dealing with an injury. I know everyone's hyping up with the mo- He's like, Bruce Aaron's like, this is my guy. So it was a bit concerning and strange why. Why would you bring in Leonard Fournette for that reason, then, if Ronald Jones was your guy? But again, like I said, talent sometimes wins over your guy. And and unfortunately, it looks like Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones will probably be sitting to splitting time. I, I think they kind of realize that Leonard Fournette can, can do both in the running game and the passing game more than Ronald Jones has shown us yet, and no one else on that team can probably do both at this time. So... Uh, in terms of this coming season, Ronald Jones, not Ronald Jones, guys, I'm sorry, Keyshawn Vaughn, guys, if you have him in Dynasty, he's going to be redshirting the season probably. I don't see him having a big role unless it's on the special teams unit this year. Uh, so if you draft him in the first round, you're probably pretty upset right now, but he should be back and ready to do something for you guys uh, next season. So uh, hold him on your guys' taxi squads. Don't really draft him. He pretty much falls out of my draft. 2020 boards right now. I wouldn't really want to draft him at this point. Keisha, like I said, LaShawn McCoy will probably get cut. Uh, Dar Aladubwe, um, he's an interesting guy still. I think he'll still be somewhat used on third downs to an extent. I wouldn't be surprised if he's cut as well, but I think he makes the roster and kind of be that third down option most of the time. And you're going to probably see similar stats from him. Again, someone I'm not probably drafting in a lot of 2020 drafts, but he's probably going to be their passing down work guy for the most part. 
Uh, going back to you know guys like Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette, where do you guys draft these guys now? You know, this is a big decision. You know, uh, people who drafted him in the third round—that's pretty too high now. Ronald Jones was going in round seven at most drafts at this point. So where do you draft these guys? I, I think you have to see Leonard Fournette is probably the main guy, although they didn't confirm it or anything. So there's some risk there still. Hopefully by the time you guys do your drafts, things will be different. But I'm looking at it like around probably around seven for both for Leonard Fournette, around eight for Ronald Jones. Uh, just because I think you don't really sure who's going to be used last year. You know, both Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones both had 100, over 150 carries in an offense that was desperately th- behind most of the games and trying to come back. So, is there an opportunity for both these guys to see over 150 carries? Absolutely. I, I don't see why not, unless they really just go with the whole Leonard Fournette situation. We just don't know. I mean, that that's the biggest risk right now. But I think maybe round nine you take. John Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette can go in round seven. We'll see what happens here. I mean, this def- this offense will probably be ahead in a lot of games, forcing the run very often. So these guys could see some value as RB3s. I wouldn't want to draft them any higher until I knew more. And if you can, if you find out before then, great. Maybe we'll update you guys on some new news on that point. But uh, these are guys are RB3s right now. Maybe one of them has RB2 upside. We just don't know who's going to see the bigger workload. We can assume that it's Leonard Fournette, but maybe Ronald Jones can surprise us. We just don't know. People liked him that this year for a reason. So, And then, like I said, Dar is probably a 16-man PPR backup RB for your benches if you need someone. And, Leonard, and I said the Sean McCoy, I don't think he makes the roster. And Keyshawn Vaughn probably doesn't play much this year unless injuries are concerned. So uh, that is our news on the uh, Leonard Fournette signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, guys. Uh, Hope you guys enjoyed that. Hope it helps you out a little bit. Some clarity. Still very foggy, so we'll have to see what happens here. But uh, now on to our actual show, guys. Thanks. Hey, guys. Welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. This is your host, Steve Pintado. And with me, as always, is my main man, Jabron Curtis. What's going on today, Jibs? It's going good, you know, almost there. You know, Friday, almost one week closer to the fantasy season. Getting kind of hyped. Got a couple more drafts and uh, ready to get it rolling. Uh, that's for sure, man. We are eight days away, guys. Seven when you listen to this podcast uh, on Thursday, but we are really close. I got a nice five-day weekend, so I got time to work on my week one rankings because I definitely need to do that now. And, uh, yeah, I got a couple of pa- fantasy drafts as well. Me and Jibs are in, like, probably – one or two more together, maybe? I don't even know. One, at least. We have a big one, at least. But uh, it's going to be a fun weekend to do fantasy, guys. And hopefully you're pushing your drafts as far as possible, as we've mentioned multiple times on this show. So uh, today we have some news to mention. We're going to be doing some fill-in-the-blanks and some bold, bold predictions. Uh, first off, obviously with news, Terrell Williams, season-ending IR, uh, Jibs, anyone you like from the Raiders that could step up and uh, with Williams being out the rest of the season now? Uh, for sure, I'm going to go with uh, obviously Ruggs is going to get like a little bit more of a bump like in my eye. And then obviously deeper down the road, you can still go with uh, a dark horse pick that I'm sure you're going to talk about later is uh, Brian Edwards. And then uh, I think Renfro probably have a little bit more purpose in like uh, deeper uh, PPR leagues. 
Yeah, definitely. All three of these wide receivers, we're definitely going to talk about one of them later, uh, all have potential value this season. Darren Wall, actually, I think we'll see probably a little bit more targets than many people thought he was going to see. Uh, So, you know, the whole offense has definitely gotten better. I wouldn't say Derek Carr got worse or anything because I think they have a really good young core of talented players. So uh, Williams being out kind of just is the nail in the coffin for I would say he almost his career. I wouldn't want to say it, but it could possibly be. He's already in his 30s. So, but a couple other news things. Uh, obviously, Alvin Kamara. If you guys haven't heard, he's back at practice, guys, and he's going to be okay. So don't think about him holding out. I think they're moving closer to a deal. Leonard Fournette obviously got put into uh, cleared waivers and now a free agent. Uh, obviously, the Bu- Patriots already said no, and the the Bears already said no. But who knows? I mean, the Bucks are interested now in his services. Tyrod Taylor, Dwayne Haskins are confirmed week one starters. So that's something to know. And the biggest news probably the whole day was just happened probably about five minutes before we jumped on our podcast. And it was Mohamed Snoojibs, uh, a surprise release uh, after the Patriots sent a second round pick in this past year's draft to acquire him from the 2019 season here. Uh, you know, what's your thoughts on this, and who could benefit from getting those extra targets now? Oh my God, it's a mess! I don't know who's on the Patriots anymore with all their uh, <laughs> opt outs and all that. Uh, I can't say Julian Edelman will be like a beneficiary. I think he would be like a steady guy in the lineup if he's not injured. But I guess it could just pave the way more for Nikhil Harry. Think about it. Yeah, no. Uh, as we know, Edelman's not having the best camp, or he's not. And involved in a lot of practices, from what I've from from what I've read, Harry obviously has been there. Another guy who I think is kind of interesting uh, is Demarius. Demarius, I think his name's Demarius Bray. Um, he was signed this offseason after being with the Cardinals for two years. Uh, he's been playing a lot of the first team reps when Harry has not been in the lineup. So there's an opportunity of him maybe seeing more first team reps now. Uh, he's probably definitely out there in your dynasty leagues. I don't think any redraft value. Is, it helps with any of this release with Muhammad Sanu. But in terms of dynasty, uh, Bray might be someone you could pick up. Uh, we talked about Jacoby Myers a lot last year, Jibs. Unfortunately, he's not really having a great camp spot. He's definitely in jeopardy. I mean, he might make the team now. Um, uh, Gunnar Oz- Oswalski, uh, he's someone, uh, somewhat of a uh, slot player. He's been looking really good in camp. Uh, the Jordan Thomas, I believe, another wide receiver from the Patriots. So there's some options out there. Again, they're not rushing to the waiver wires to pick these guys up, Jibs, but it's something to just note if you're in need of some wide receiver depth, especially in your dynasty leagues. And redraft, like I said, these guys don't really matter unless someone were to like have a break, breakout season. So, uh, yeah, definitely interesting to see. But we're going to be seeing a lot of cuts probably in the next week, so keep your eyes up. Try not to draft until, until probably Monday or Tuesday next week. So, uh, yeah. But uh, that was the news for the day, guys. And I said not too much like yesterday. We had a lot to talk about yesterday. But today, yes, Jibs. And that is Damir Bird for all your listeners. Damir Bird. Love the thank you for the uh, the correction name correction. As you guys know, I'm not one with names, but I have it in my heart to pick you guys the right players. <laughs> uh, so that's the news, guys. We're going to get into our first segment is fill in the blank. And I thought this would be kind of fun to do. I know the podcast kind of do it, but I thought it would be kind of fun for us to do as well. We haven't really ever done it before. So uh, basically, uh, me and Jibs will I'll ask a question, me and Jibs will answer it, and we'll go from there. So Jibs, blank wide receiver 
Uh, blank will be a wide receiver one if he if bl- what? DJ Chark will be a wide receiver one if the Jaguars don't sign a significant running back. Okay, I like that. I like that one a lot. Um, I'll go with mine now. Will Fuller will be a wide receiver one if he can play 16 games. I just think the amount of targets he could see will do him well. And if he can just stay healthy, he's got a great connection with Watson already. Uh, it's just about him playing 16 games. So I think even if he gets a four, 13 or 14 games, I think he could possibly be a wide receiver one at that point. I would I would bet a little bit of money on it. Um, next one is blank will be a wide receiver one if blank gets hurt. Uh, for me, it's definitely Jonathan Taylor would be RB one if Matt gets injured because that <laughs> offensive line it will just chug him along. He would just have to he wouldn't have to do anything to get four yards per carry to be honest. And like we're still drafting him in I guess round three, round four. So hey man, like the sky's the limit for the kid. Yeah, this question here, you could pick any answer and almost put it in here, but I went with a crazy one. I wrote, if Chase Edmonds uh, will be a wire, will be an RB1 if Carrion, uh, Carrion, Kenyon Drake gets hurt. Um, just because, you know, he, Kenyon Drake's already dealing somewhat of an injury currently, and if he aggravates it during the season, we saw Chase Edmonds last year. Uh, played very well. Again, he played a really against a really bad Giants team, but he played a couple of decent games around that stretch before he got hurt. He was a top 10 running back during that time frame. So if he could see a big workload, uh, I don't think a guy like Ido Benjamin would really eat into his work, and I don't think they'd go out and really sign anyone unless they really felt that Chase Edmonds wouldn't be able to do the job. But I think he can. Uh, so that'd be an interesting one if he gets that RB1 spot. And Blank will be a surprise player if what? Contrary to your first pick, Brandon Cooks could be a surprise if Will Fuller misses time due to injury. Okay, I like that one. Will Fuller is playing 16 games. Maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> uh, for me, I wrote Tyrod Taylor could be surprised if he can play 16 games. Uh, kind of already indicated that he's probably going to play majority of the season, but he could be a surprise player that probably will go undrafted in a lot of redrafts. Uh, especially those not in 16-man league redrafts. Uh, so he could be a surprise player for the 2020 season. I think he could do enough to possibly be a, you know, and this isn't a bull take, guys. Uh, if he plays 16 game, maybe it is a little of a bull take. He could be a, a top 15 wide, top fifteen quarterback if he could actually play 16 games. A little bit of a bull take. But that's not my bull t- take, though. So. All right, next on the list here is blank could fall out of a top 20 wide receiver if what? Odell Beckham could fall out of being a top 20 receiver if Kevin Stefanski implements more of a greater rushing attack, in my opinion. They still have to support plenty of options on that offense, whether it would be Kareem Hunt in the passing game, Jarvis Landry, Chubb if he gets a catch or two in the looking game. And we still brought in Austin Hooper, so there's a lot of mouths to feed, and if the rushing goes up, hey, man, that passing has to go down. Okay, no, I like that one a lot. Uh, for me, I wrote Mike Evans will fall out of the top 20 wide receivers if Brady focuses on the wide, the RBs and tight ends more often. We know Tom Brady over the years have been very generous to pass catching um, 
RBs. His arm isn't there. He, I think he prefers to check down and have to chuck it. He won't have to air the ball out as much, probably being up in a lot of games. And let's not forget that he's got two really good tight ends on his team still, even three if you, cast, if you put in there with Cameron Bree. So there's an opportunity where they may run more t- two tight end sets and even Mike Evans might be on the field. Uh, he may not see the, the top 20 work that we ex- always expected him over the years, which would suck because he's been such a consistent uh, wide receiver. Uh, next on the board, blank scares you because of the preseason practices. A guy that I was falling in love with is uh, Deontay Johnson, and um, it's been like maybe like a week and a half or so, and he's just been hampered up with a little leg injury. And it's kind of worrying me now. Like he was like kind of a wide receiver that you could target, like in probably like the tail end of the, like that like rich wide receiver like gold line. I mean gold line, like getting him in like round seven, round eight. But like with the practices, lack of practice, and like kind of like the season just being here upon us, like he's kind of worrying me. Yeah, no, that's actually a really good one. People aren't really noticing, and maybe we should have talked about this a little bit more. That Deontay Johnson has not been practicing that much over the over this course of this past month here and he's been going really high i think as high as round seven i've seen him go so it's definitely something to take note uh, my guy is miles sanders is scaring me because the preseason practices he just hasn't been playing as much either uh you know he's dealing with a little nagging injury and he, now he lost two o-linemen now which isn't good his quarterback could be a scenario which wouldn't be good for him either uh with carson wentz being banged up right now so it's definitely a concern. I don't know if I can consider him being a first-round pick anymore. Uh, it just it scares me just a little bit on his production. I think he's still going to be a really good uh, RB, but I would prefer a second-round uh, draft value now than be him being a first-round guy anymore in my eyes. Um, going over the next one, if blank falls to you in this round, this will make you very happy. Some people may not like this either, but if Keenan Allen falls to me in round six, I'll be pretty happy. Uh, that means like a lot of teams got uh, kind of sucked up on running backs and full on like quarterbacks a little bit earlier. Maybe they dipped on the tight end market, but like Keenan Allen, like maybe round five. Eh. But if you get him in round six, that's his value to be had. Like well, Mike Williams not being in the lineup due to his shoulder injury and like like you said you mentioned Tyrod he could be a surprise this year people are sleeping on him but someone he has to throw the ball and Keenan Allen's always been that discount wide receiver too for your team that always just kind of just exceeds expectations and finishes like in the top 15 or at least near there so that's my guy for your question how about you uh, for me, I wrote if Bob Woods falls to the sixth round as well, which he has been falling. I don't know why. He's, he's just not going up in drafts. He's just someone who can you can get probably at the end of round five. If he slips to round six, uh, you're getting a pretty great steal. Uh, we've mentioned Bob Woods so many times on this show. I think I have at least, so you kind of know how my takes are on that. But that would make me extremely happy if I get him as my, RB, my wide receiver three every single play time. Um, and... The player with the most... What player will be on most championship teams, Jibs? Oh, if the breakout happens, it'll be Calvin Ridley, I would say. He's a wide receiver in multiple platforms. He's going, like, in crazy ranges. You can get him as high as, like, maybe the end of the third round, start of the fourth round. Maybe some sites you get him maybe at the tail, 
mid end of the fourth round, fourth round. So I think he'll be a polarizing player for fantasy offenses. And we saw what he did missing games last year or the last two years. I think he could be a productive player. And we've been sing- singing his praises on this podcast for the last couple months or so. So I think he's that guy this year for um, fantasy uh, owners. No, I like that one a lot. Um, obviously, I love Cal- uh, Calvin Ridley. So uh, for me, my most player on the championship team would have to be Terry McLaurin. I just think that he is due for this big breakout season here. I, the targets will come his way. Haskins has played much better. He looks better at, at camp right now. I, the wide receiver one for this team that's going to be a needy throwing team. I think Terry McLaurin could be on a lot of people's championship winning team, getting him probably around five, six right now in a lot of drafts. So that's my championship player. Um, the biggest fantasy disappointment will be. Oh, oh yeah, man. This, is, this one hurts me. I don't know who I picked up. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> um, I was. Amari Cooper, you'll disappoint fantasy owners. Uh, people, you could get Gallup in round five. You should take your shot on CeeDee Lamb pretty late in the draft if you're high on him. So, like, I think Amari Cooper, just for his consistency week to week, I think you could get a better receiver in the same range, and you can still get value late requiring his uh, running mates in the receiving game. Okay, yeah, no, that's a really valid point. I would agree with you on that. Uh, mine was a little bit of a bold take. I did for mine, just because we're doing a bold take uh, episode here. So I said biggest fantasy disappointment will be uh, J.K. Dobbins, Baltimore Ravens rookie, who a lot of people seem to be high on. And, and it's, to me, it's more about his ADP. People are taking him in round seven in a lot of drafts. People are just drafting him higher than they should. And not saying that I hate him or dislike him or I won't draft him myself in places, but uh, the fact that he's going so high, I think that... I think people expecting Mark Ingram just to get hurt and Dobbins just to take over and rush for 1,500 yards. I just don't expect that to happen off the bat. I, I just I think they work him in here, have somewhat of a role, but don't expect him to have 15 carries a game. Don't expect him to have 25 touches a game. It's just not going to happen, and I think people will be disappointed with the draft capital they put in a guy like Dobbins because of his potential, which he does have, but there could be a big disappointment coming for fantasy owners this year. Again, I will be drafting him, Kai, so don't think this is a don't draft thing. It's just that it could be a disappointment. Um, Do you think uh, his uh, ADP rose because, uh, say, like the marking or owners are trying to just get him on, like, the swing back? I think so. I, I think you, if you're a Mark Ingram owner, I think you almost have to dra- draft J.K. Dobbins early if you want that handcuff because I think he will have somewhat of a uh, solo value success, kind of like a cream hunt, but I don't know if it's going to be to that extent. Um, as a guy like Cream Hunt will have this season. But Dobbins is definitely someone who I am very fond of if I could get him in the right spot. But he's going so early, and I think you're right, Jibs. It could be because of the Ravens owners trying to get him early in drafts. And this year's top waiver ad will be who? Uh, Well, you kind of stole mine, so why don't you let the listeners know who it is? Yeah, guys, I, I took Jibs' guy. I took Joshua Kelly. Uh, he's probably going just on draft in a lot of leagues right now. And I think after week one against the Bengals with Justin Jackson a little banged up, um, there's a possibility somehow watch Joshua Kelly gets like two touchdowns off the bat, touchdown, whatever, and he's the number one waiver wire pickup going into week two. And 
He's just someone who plays a consistent role and, and sees yardage enough to be a, probably somewhat of a decent player and have a possible touchdown upside seeing that goal line work. So I uh, kind of went with a guy like Joshua Kelly there. And for mine, I'll get a little spicier than I have been. Um, I think the top waiver wire, one of the top waiver wires this year will be Leonard Fournette when he does get signed. Don't tell me you're wrong. Like if he's not on a fantasy roster, I don't think like managers going to hold him because they can't put him on IR, obviously. But if he's sitting there in the waiver wire, no people are going to forget about him. But as soon as that thing comes, man, it'll be right there. Hopefully, he doesn't sign before the season. Then for you, then my friend. <laughs> All right, and one player you're probably having on most of your teams this season. I really didn't think about this one, but I think I probably will end up having a pretty good shot at getting, like, Marquise Brown on a lot of my uh, fantasy leagues this year. I think, like, just having, like, that, I guess – as having to measure wide receiver three and then like or just having to measure like your flex for a week could just give you that tremendous upside that could win you a week in my opinion especially given the Ravens offense and um, how prolific it could be and seeing improvements in the passing game yeah no definitely definitely don't hate that one uh, I went with Paris Campbell, guys. Uh, I just seem to get him everywhere in round 13 and 14 right now in drafts. I just, I just get there. I'm like, oh, Paris Campbell's there. Let me grab Paris Campbell. He's got a ton of potential in an offense, has a much better quarterback, or at least a, not much better, but a better quarterback. And he could see a rise this coming year, uh, being a guy who gets down in the middle of the field that Rivers seems to enjoy throwing to. So uh, Paris Campbell just seems to be a guy I keep on snagging in that 13th, 14th round very easily every single time. But uh, that is the end of our fill-in-the-blank. Hopefully you guys like it. If you guys want us to do more of those, let us know. Uh, maybe I'll try to do more of those during the season here, something kind of fun uh, that is kind of fun to do. So now we're doing all bold predictions, guys. Uh, we both came up with five bold predictions for the season and our reasoning behind it. Uh, yes, they're bold, so don't you know take them too literally. Uh, they're just something that we think it could happen, but it's more than likely, maybe not as likely, but it's possible. So, Jibs, who is your very first bold take or prediction? I'm going to go in conjunction with my first pick. Uh, like saying DJ Chark, like, I think he will finish as a top 12 wide receiver like, with Lenny being cut. Uh, the Jags are just a complete dumpster fire. Like, I don't think they're going to have consistency in the running game. And we saw what Gardner Minshew and his connection could be like on a week-to-week basis. And then, like, if that's going to happen, I just think Gardner would end up just end up throwing more and more often. So, like, if they're in negative game strips just because they're getting their dick stomped by the Titans or something, I just think DJ Sharks is going to be there. Garbage time points count, too, and I think he's going to get a lot of them this year. All right. No, definitely like that one there as well. DJ Shark definitely has a ton of potential, guys, this year to rise into that higher tier ranks uh, with a full, hopefully, 16-game season with his actual one quarterback instead of two. So great take there, Jibs. Um, My first bold prediction, guys, is Tyler Boyd will finish higher than the likes of Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, Devontae Parker, Julian Edelman, and Stefan Diggs, who are all going ahead of him in a lot of in terms of ADP, they're going ahead of him. Uh, Tyler, Tyler Boyd, I think, is just, I think he's in the perfect spot to get a really big, possible high end wide receiver two production this coming season here. He's got already a great connection with a guy like Joe Burrow, his rookie. Joe Burrow 
love the throw to the slot, as we've mentioned before in this podcast, and seeing him probably maybe have the most targets and possibly the most yards among this wide receiver core with the core including A.J. Green. Uh, yeah, I think it's real possible. Even with A.J. Green on the field, Tyler Boyd back two years ago when he had his breakout, uh, he was someone who was playing very well. He was a top 15 wide receiver at the time. So uh, even if A.J. Green's on the field, I think that just opens up the field for a guy like Tyler Boyd and just kind of just dominates with the targets and receptions and has just over probably over 1,000 yards this coming season. So Tyler Boyd finishing higher than those guys, I see it could happen. And, Jibs, we're back up to your number two now. Who's your second uh, bold prediction? So I took this stat from you a while back. So I think Russell Wilson will produce two top 24 wide receivers this year. You said that he hasn't been able to do it, and I understand why. Like That Seattle rushing attack has been so efficient over the years, and Russell Wilson obviously has been very efficient on his limited passing opportunity as a has been comparatively to like what you see the likes of like the homes and whatnot. But uh, I think this year's different. Um, if I had the stakes even higher, I think uh, Tyler Lockett and DJ uh, DK Metcalf will finish as top 15 receivers respectively. And I think this is the year. Let Russ cook. All right. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, it's, uh, that's very possible. Uh, very much possible. I like that one a lot. Um, going over to my second one. Now I start getting really bold, guys. I get really bold from here on out. Um, my second one is that DeAndre Swift, the Lions rookie running back, will have a stronger second half finish over guys like Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Now, obviously, yes, this one's this one's bold. Uh, obviously, Jonathan Taylor, we're expecting a big second half. Clyde edwards Hilaire were expecting a big season out of him. DeAndre Swift, tremendous talent. He was my my rookie running back overall, top rookie running back overall this past offseason here. There was a reason behind it. He was a really good runner, and he's a really good pass catcher. Um, yes, he's right now not being credited for it because he's, you know, he's missing some practices. And, yeah, that's definitely one of a concern overall when his value is about being drafted. But, he could be someone who sees a big workload with a guy like Carrion Johnson being very fatigued and not being able to finish seasons. By the second half of the season, he could be someone who breaks through, has the carries, and has the receiving ability. Again, this is a team that needs to find a way to win games or at least continue this great passing to help them try to get somewhere. They first two teams based off 2019 uh, run defenses only two teams in the top 15 uh, in terms of uh, in terms of lowest possible fantasy points to a running back so uh, they have a good chance he has a good shot to really do something very well and I expect him it's a possibility so that is mine DeAndre Swift having a stronger stronger second half than Taylor or Clyde uh, Jibs your third one my friend Daniel Jones he's gonna finish as a top 10 quarterback this year Smoky, smoking the gun. Um, so uh, we saw what Daniel Jones' upside could be with the multiple 40-point game, games last year. And he'll have his weapons back this year. Evan Ingram, hopefully, he can stay on the field. Jerome Shepard stays upright. He has his rapport with uh, Slayton, although he's been like kind of banged up a little bit in camp. But I just think like he'll have more consistency this year, and I think they could like, stockpile games. It might be that 
un, like he could be that kind of breakout quarterback like we've seen with like uh, Mahomes and uh, Jackson. Like I know everyone has Kyler Murray pegged to that like to a T this year, but you're getting him maybe like two times the capital you're getting Daniel Jones at, and that's where we were drafting Mahomes and um, Lamar at. So don't forget that. So I think he could be maybe a, a low hanging fruit for fantasy owners this year. Unexpected. Okay, I like that one. That's a good one. I like that as well. That's a little boldness to it. I like that. I like the bold in that, Jibs. All right. My third one, guys, I'm sticking with the quarterback helm like Jibs did. I'm not going to say top 10 like he did, but I'm saying top 15. Maybe not as bold. And maybe top 12. Give me top 12, actually, Jibs. I'm saying possibly top 12. Uh, Derek Carr finishes top 13 overall on quarterbacks for the season. Now, you're probably thinking, guys, well, that's freaking crazy because he's going undrafted. He is ranked like the 27th, 28th quarterback right now in terms of a lot of uh, fantasy expert owners' rankings. But where did Derek Carr finish last year? And if you watched last episode, last week's episode, you already know the answer. Uh, he finished quarterback 17, and he finished last year with basically a banged-up Josh Jacobs last year. Uh, Terrell Williams, who we all know kind of fell apart after the first five weeks, Hunter Renfell, a rookie coming off injury, and that was really all their receiving core was last year. Now they have another year with Hunter Renfell. They have Darren Waller, another year in this offense here. Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, who people all really like. So let's like expect something out of Derek Carr now. A third year under this Jay Gr- John Gruden offense. Something's got to give here, and I think Derek Carr, yes, his biggest thing is he doesn't throw downfield deep, and his touchdowns have been very limited, but he finished with 4,000 yards last year, one of his best accurately, accurately ranked seasons last year, and I think he could get the 30 touchdowns this year. I think they could get the ball going down a little bit more, and it's not him throwing the ball more downfield. It's the, the players around him have, can do things after the catch, will, which will be great for him, and I think he can get there uh, this coming season and possibly very much so be a top 13 quarterback at the end of the season. And Mr. Jibs, we are back up to your fourth bold take. AJ Green will play more than 10 games this year. That's as bold as you can get. I'm not giving you half. I'm giving you more than half. And, um, <laughs> Obviously, I'm standing on the ledge. I really have no facts that kind of back me up because he has been a basically a walking IR slot for you and your fantasy rosters uh, year after year. But um, maybe uh, I'm a junkie and I just can't get off it. But I needed to get a little hotter, and I think uh, maybe with the more weapons surrounding the Cincinnati Bengals, he maybe doesn't have to be like that premier guy who has to get pepper-fed targets and whatnot and kind of risk more injury with, like, his wild athletic catches. But other than that, hey, there you go, Steve. Okay. Uh, that's that's a bold one for sure because we haven't seen A.J. Green play more than 10 games in quite a couple seasons now. So definitely a bold, bold stretch there, my friend. Um, my fourth one is James Conner. And David Johnson both finishes as RB ones this coming season. As in, they finish as a top, as they finish as RB ones top twelve. Um, and it's possible. And my reasoning behind this boldness, you could say, guys, is that listen, James Conner, his biggest issue what, over the last two seasons we've noticed has been health. Of course, you know that has been his major issue. But when he's on the field, 
through the first eight weeks last year, he was a top 10 running back. And 2018, for the first 13 games he played, he was a top five running back. So he can be a top, he can be an RB1 very easily. He just needs to stay on the field. And I expect him to be able to stay on the field this coming season. Again, I can't predict injuries, but the fact that is that if he can just play like 14, 15 games, he's an RB1 for you the entire season. And his biggest thing is that Big Ben's back. The run game will be a little lighter. The defense is going to stop offenses very quickly to give them the ball back. And they're going to probably be heading a lot of games, and James Conner could run. And the fact that James Conner can catch is an amazing thing that could make him that RB1. And that's what these both of these guys have is receiving ability. Uh, James Conner, I mean, he caught 40-some balls last year. The year before, they caught 50-something. He had 71 targets in 2018. So he can catch the ball, and, and Big Ben will throw to him as probably his second most familiar target in the offense, technically speaking, from 2018 when he last played. So uh, James Conner has a big shot as being an RB1. David Johnson, similar situation. I mean, he's a pass-catching back. Uh, obviously, we haven't seen him play 16 games in quite a while, uh, but he was an RB6 through the first six weeks of last year before he got banged up. Again, injury is another big factor for this guy, but he could finish as a low-end RB1 and still be very productive. He's going to probably see the majority of the groundwork, and I wouldn't take Duke Johnson being there. It was a reason that David Johnson doesn't see probably 60 targets this coming season still. Uh, the new core of wide receivers, someone's got to throw him the ball. I think Waskins will uh, will get him the ball at some point. So uh, both James Conner and David Johnson guys finishing those RB1s. And Mr. Gibran, your very last bold take of the evening. Phil Lindsay will outscore Melvin Gordon this year. Boom. All formats. Boom. Wow. All formats. Wow. All formats. Why is right. that? Why I'm is just that? Gonna keep raising the stakes. Why keep is that? Why though? Why? Why though? Why? Give me a reason. Well, I feel like even last year, like Phil Lindsay wasn't like a bad option, like in standard leagues, and I just feel like. They is they did bring Melvin Gordon over there, but he's they're gonna ship split reps and it could be I could be totally wrong here, but I could be also right because like you don't know how those touches are gonna go. Touchdowns are fluky when you kinda of think about it at the end of the day and like hey, like I would project Melvin Gordon to be the goal line back, but hey, maybe they like Philip Lindsay's Philip Lindsay's drive. So I think he may have a little bit more in the engine and I think he could be a crucial piece, but I also think he has more value given the uh, where you draft him at in fantasy draft. Okay, I like the boldness there. A lot of people are definitely much higher on uh, a guy like Melvin Gordon for sure. So definitely an interesting take there. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, going to my very last one, guys, uh, and we mentioned him a slightly bit earlier in our news. Brian Edwards, the third round rookie of the Las Vegas Raiders will finish as the best fantasy rookie wide receiver. Yes, over guys like Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rager, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, his teammate, Brandon Edwards will finish as the best rookie, I'm sorry, rookie wide receiver. And, and my reasoning behind this is that if you look at the players in the first round and the rookies are going right now, I mean... CeeDee Lamb's got a crowded field. Henry Ruggs, again, very possible as well. Uh, Jerry Judy, a lot of people seem to like him. But again, there are other weapons there in Denver. Don't forget that. Justin Jefferson is battling to, for the third spot still right now. Rager's hurt. Brandon Ayuk's hurt. 
guys like Van Jefferson are dealing with being the third guy on the team. Michael Pittman is still going to be in a time of a hungry mouth share there in, in Indianapolis. So Brandon Edwards, uh, again, he's got to deal with, again, he lost, lost Terrell Williams, so he's probably going to start on the outside right away. He could end up being a guy who sees a, a big season here, a kind of like a Terry McLaurin-like season here. And again, this quarterback doesn't fit his personality, not personality, but his receiver style as much, but uh, it's a bull take, guys. And, and he could easily see over 1,000 yards and maybe seven touchdowns this coming season and be the best rookie wide receiver this coming year, guys. I, I, there's no reason why he can't. Um, and that is my final bull take of the evening, guys. Whew, man, they, they, I need to drink some water now. I got jibs. This shit got too bold for me. <laughs> I think I just read the uh, doc wrong. I just went with hot takes. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. We'll, we'll get you on another hot take at some point. Then. Edwards, I'm definitely going to be scooping them up or scoping them up more on this weekend. Uh, I picked them up very well. Hold on a second. Uh, yeah, guys. So. Thank you guys for listening this evening. We kept it short this week. Um, you know, we've told you everything we could possibly tell you about this coming season here. I mean, if you listen to all our ranking episodes, our our bus, our sleepers, everything in between we have over there, we've, we've told you everything at this point now. And this will probably be our last actual episode until the week one start, which will be back on probably next Wednesday. You'll be hearing it Thursday when we give our starts, sits, bus, everything in between for the week. Um, so look out for that. Uh, we will probably be doing probably another rankings little episode right before the season, maybe like a more of a live stream. So if you like live streams, check that out. Um, as always, check out our website at www.thefantasycoaches.com. Uh, you can see all of our podcasts, live streams, articles that we have up there, our rankings. Uh, check those out as well for the draft and for week one. will be up very shortly. If you have drafts this weekend, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, if questions, we can help you out. We're, we're glad to help you out at Coaches Fantasy. Check us out. We'll help you out. If you want to DM us directly, you can do DM me at Coach Stephen P. You always can find me at Hot Take Contra on Twitter. Yeah, so if you guys are stuck with your drafts this week and you have questions, we're here to help. Um, and hopefully you guys do well. Have a great holiday weekend. We'll see you next week when we do week one, guys. It's almost here. Be safe, guys. Have a great weekend. Take care and be safe. The bag is not far-fetched. We got a couple of clock cans. I've been feeling super-duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me. Don't be a loser. Grass is green like pooper scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Shh. Like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mightiest entered the room. High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players covered this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed. And these are the facts I keep it 100 like I'm running track And listen up Jack, I'ma head back Back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing up Go!